Hey there, this is Ed Turnant, and you're listening to Erratic Control. This week's episode is with Louise Schofield. Louise runs a blog called Unique Lullaby, and she also goes out and interviews bands via video, and, and she also does reviews, and she works for Radio Cardiff as a DJ. She also works for the 40 Project, which I also work for, and she also kind of works around uh, South Wales and, and f- farther out for um, different companies. Um, being uh, a presenter, an interviewer, and a reviewer. Uh, so she's got a lot going on. We had quite an interesting talk about how she works and how she got there. And it's interesting for bands and those who are in the music industry who want to learn a bit more about how that works. So that's kind of quite a cool conversation we had. It's also a few clips of music we talk about, not as many as last time, but Still a couple for you to enjoy, and I hope you enjoy this interview with Louise Schofield. Are you comfy? Are you mm-hmm. comfy? You ready to have a long, long, long chat? chat? Yeah, go for Even it. Even though we've been talking for 45 minutes yeah. already. Straight How are we actually? Have you recorded well, no, it as in, as in, in the car. Oh, like, yeah, and at work all day. And work all day. Yeah, we, we, we don't talk to each other at work. No, we don't. No. no. I just spout words. You spout words, and I tell you you're wrong about it. Yeah, <laughs> about everything. <laughs> I Not agree, true. yeah. Not true. Not true. Yeah, it's really weird because usually when I do a podcast, it's I set up before someone arrives. Yeah. Oh, then, yeah, no, don't worry about it and at then, all. Uh, and anticipating them coming. So yeah. I'm all kind of prepared in that mode. Oh, don't worry about it. But it's weird because I'm too comfortable with you now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't care. Like, I know what it's like. Set up. I'm just going to school, man. Just go. Like, like, the fact we've just been hanging out all day, it's just like. No, oh, exactly. Uh, this doesn't feel like it podcast, Yeah, right? it just feels like we're going to have an extra chat. Yeah. Come around for a friendly visit. So I guess I could do do the questions first and then that might kind of lead us into more structured conversation. Yeah, structured conversation. Structured conversation's boring. I get really scared on the side of interviews because I'm just not like used to it. What, are you getting interviewed? Yeah. When have you been interviewed before? Um... Oh, I got interviewed with this local uh, a local paper once. I did a talk at um, uh, in Newport in the Riverside thing, mm. and in a talk in there, and uh, I got like this like local paper was like just speaking to me like it's called Sprout or something. Oh and yeah, that's like the kind of South Wales one. Yeah, yeah, that's it. And then I remember getting interviewed, and I did a little thing in there. It was oh, fun, but cool. I was like, oh my that was, god, was that on camera? No, it was just like a little oh. article. You can probably Google it if you that's want to just, Google it. Yeah, that's, that's nothing. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it was all right. But I'm, I don't know. I get scared. I'm like, I did, I've done live TV a couple of times. Have you? Yeah. It's hard, isn't it? Which live is TV. terrifying. Did you get auto cue and stuff? No. Oh. I mean, no, because they were interviewing me. Oh, you were, did an yeah, interview? Yeah. Oh, God. And I was like... No swearing. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm, I'm, I don't swear. Yeah. So, like, I mean, I do, but I don't swear if I'm, like, in a professional context. Yeah. And, like, I feel like I'm quite good at not swearing. Your whereas brain knows. As, <laughs> some of the, some of the acts and like the musicians and like just people in general that I work with and who swear yeah. quite a lot and I'm like oh my god oh you're my not god. media trained do you? yeah yeah stop <laughs> oh no, yeah so like, I know I always get nervous about that on the radio and stuff I know yeah people and I like, I, just, I never have swear. that issue I'm just like because I don't because I can just stop myself from swearing I think yeah. it's probably because like and it's I get it's the same thing I get annoyed if I'm hanging out with people and they're swearing and then we're in public and I'm like yeah you've got to get about kids being around exactly like, like it's, that's what I'm especially conscious of yeah but like that that kind of funny you getting interviewed being an interviewer usually yeah you know all the kind of ins and outs and, and how to do it you're really good at it oh thank yeah, you yeah like oh. it's kind of 
I, I've seen it in a couple of people. Like I remember Thomas from from Made in Cardiff, who did the who hosted the music awards last year. Yeah, kind of. They just they can switch on. Yeah, and I don't. I'm not good at that. I will just like. There's no switching on for me. It's like kind of slight ramp up, and then I'm interviewing. And yeah. it's like there's no. That's why I like starting <clears throat> off the interviews by going let's have a conversation, and then I'll start asking you questions, and you kind of go, oh, oh hang on, I'm being interviewed. Yeah, it's it's like I think as well before my interviews because I like I'm really nervous a lot of the time. But like everyone that ever watches them are like, oh, you wouldn't know that. You can't notice that. But you know, I do my research so intently, like yeah. all the time. That's yeah, that's the other um, thing that's really good about it. you're interviews is that that you have that level of research yeah I, could th- I don't think I could do it without it I think because it's like a I think I because everyone I interview I like like the artist or even like you know whoever I interview even if it was not even in music like mm. I tend to interview people that I really like so I'll really go in depth but it's fun when you don't know anything about someone and you can kind of delve really deep and really learn some stuff and there's a lot of people do a lot of interesting things, and I think like you know the internet is a good answer mm-hmm. to finding out what they do. Like. There's and kind of in my not even like conscious research, but like in my like watching interviews in the past and like knowing who's a good interviewer and who's not and stuff like that. And um, there's this guy called Nardwa. Oh yeah, I yeah. know. Yeah. I know. He's... So Nardwa is like the most extreme version yeah. of that kind of pre-research. So much so that like the artists that he interviews often just get really freaked out yeah because i like how the hell do you know that <laughs> yeah and that's my like i love that like those moments are so good like yeah. i remember that there's there's this really kind of there's, it's quite old now because it's when nerd were like quite popular yeah the first time yeah um and then pharrell williams is there just like what you- what's going on <laughs> like he's so freaked out by the fact that like nardwa knows all this stuff like he's about he, his cat and yeah stuff, it's like, like how do you yeah like yeah exactly yeah. it's like it's almost that in depth and you're just yeah. like oh okay Nobody knows that. so yeah you kind of get a bit freaked out by it and like there's been some really interesting interviews that he's done well people are like they don't they hate him yeah it, i think like it's a personality and a, it's really hard to please everyone but like when you do have an extreme style people are, like either love you or they're just like oh, i don't get it if you don't get it it's like oh yeah. this could be a bit awkward but i think before you interview someone like i like to get like you know when i when i meet a band or an artist or whoever i'm interviewing um before the interview starts while i'm setting up the camera and the stuff and i, I have a conversation with them we just like you know i I tell them how much I like the music and what I like about it and you know and ask them about how they're doing on tour and it becomes like a conversation so when you sit with them they're really calm with you and then it is like talking to a friend then and I think that's important especially bands that I've never met before like across the UK and stuff and you know sitting down with them and chatting is really nice and it's a nice interview then it's good it's a good point because it's like yeah if if you get someone comfortable when you're interviewing them it's it's so and I've you know I'm I'm not going to name names but like when previous interviews I've done there's a lot of editing in these podcasts yeah and it's like there's a lot of pauses and sometimes it's like you can tell if you I don't know I don't know I don't know how obvious it is when you do it when you listen to a podcast back but like with the kind of cuts Cut and stuff and, and it but you can't really do that when you're doing video no it's because it's really obvious because if you move yeah. a hand or a microphone it's like oh jump yeah um but yeah no I think um I think if something obviously drastically goes wrong and someone says something completely bad which I've never actually had to cut out anyone saying anything too controversial touch wood um but yeah I think it's quite nice as well and then you know it's just really nice to get to know a band personally and because when you interview them again they kind of remember you and I think that's Mm -hmm. really nice and yeah is it because like everyone's you know everyone wants to talk and everyone's got a nice personality mainly yeah I think 
and knowing that stuff beforehand you can kind of then they're they're like oh you're not we're not just another job for you You yeah like put some effort in yeah and that's exactly how I want them to feel because you know I'd hate to go in and just sit down and go right okay I've been told to interview you and we're going to do it and obviously that happens (laughs) but you know like I've been told to do it and you've got to do this and you know um but you know I think anyone even if I did get told to do something I'd still go in with the same attitude and be like you know oh this is really cool and I've been introduced to this but I love it so Mm. I think having an attitude that's positive about everything is is what I try and do I mean (laughs) Have you ever had to introduce someone you didn't like? Um, no, I don't think I have ever had to do that, which is good. But I, I'm, I'm quite sort of, I'm an optimistic person and I won't dislike someone unless they really go out of their way to kind of, you know, annoy me or something. Yeah. Even if it's like a genre of music I don't like. Um, I think, I don't know, I'm quite open with stuff anyway, music wise. So even if I had to like interview a genre that I'm not familiar with, like I did... Um, I went down to an EDM festival in Mm. um, Brighton um, last year. And uh, I was really excited about that because I was interviewing artists that were really kind of quite decent and big in the Mm. EDM world. And I knew nothing about (laughs) electric dance music. I didn't know anything about it. And uh, it was really fun kind of like seeing who they'd worked with and getting to know the genre a little bit and how they record their music, which I find really interesting because they use loads of different techniques and things. And um, being thrust into like an atmosphere like that, it was actually really interesting and it's a completely different culture, but one that I find really fascinating because I just don't know anything about it. Mm-hmm. So stuff like that, I love so That's cool. much. I, I like the <clears throat> lack of cynicism. Yeah, <laughs> I think you've got to be sort of like open-minded about these things. and that, That's interesting because like the difference between, with your interviews and stuff, you're, you've got to be, it's different from being like a critic. Yeah. It's different from like reviewing something because you don't necessarily have to make, pass judgment on it. You can just be like, but, but then in, in saying that as well, like you can also, you can just be without personality sometimes if yeah. you're doing that. Yeah. So you kind of got to make a have a balance. Definitely. And I think like what I say is like nobody can be you. Like no one mm. can do what you do because every person has something about their personality that's different. No two people are the same. And if you bring out, you know, that you as a person, then it's going to come across in an interview and in that situation. And, yeah. and you're the best at being you. If you're a forgettable person who is interviewing people like yeah you just might as well not be there they might yeah you've got to want to be there I mean like you know I mean I couldn't completely understand because you know looking back at some of the stuff I did first I was really nervous and you know um I still tried to kind of come across but I think like when you're starting out and or you know you're quite a shy person and you're trying to do it and you know you really want to do it it is really hard to be an extrovert person and you're like, oh my gosh, and if you're nervous and it all takes over and you're like, oh my gosh. It's, it's a skill. It's definitely a skill mm. that you learn. But um, I think it's, do you know what? I think it's a great way to bring your personality out, like doing it. I mean, I've done a lot of acting in the past as well, mm-hmm. but, you know, like doing kind of presenting interviews and things, it really has honed in a style for me and when I look back at stuff I did I got my first presenting job when I was 18 and I won a competition and it's the worst thing I've ever seen <laughs> I literally I'm interviewing Blackville Brides fans and um I was nervous because I'd never done tv before mm. 
had this like full camera crew and they were like you know just interview these fans and stuff and the fans were probably like very extrovert and they had very mm. they'd like fan fiction and things like that <laughs> so I found out some interesting things about yeah. how they shipped the singers together and yeah. things and oh my God. that was uh, that's, quite that, intense that's jumping in at the deep end it's very much so very much so and I'll never forget it but it's one of those things that you look back I look back on that video now and then you look how far you've come and it's mm. like it's quite nice to see my awkwardness on the camera so yeah nobody 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 searched that <laughs> no one do that <laughs> it's fine I'm sure it's hidden well. the thing is though the worst thing about it is um my sister sent me a link and uh it was to this guitar page it's like I can't, I can't remember what it was called mm. but they've got like a list of um like something about guitar music or something and my interview with Black Veil Brides is on there as the they were talking about Black Veil Brides mm. they, each of them have got like music videos but for some reason my interview's on there so that's like an American website with my awful uh, <laughs> piece to camera like I was like oh my gosh so yeah things can get out again <laughs> yeah that's yeah that's the thing about the internet it's like the kind of new thing once you put it on tv or even now like people still got can record stuff on tv pretty easily and yeah it's safe but like the internet is even worse for that oh kind of gosh thing. yeah it's got so many nooks and crannies that we yeah, try and forget like, about oh god there. Yeah. i forgot i posted that <laughs> yeah. 10 years ago ah. yeah. youtube <laughs> oh, no. uh, it's something you kind of gotta deal with but then i guess i guess that kind of makes you go oh maybe i should make this really good because it's just yeah. gonna live on the internet forever now yeah definitely i think like the internet's actually a nice way of keeping stuff like youtube of keeping like a little like diary almost mm. but like a video diary and you know you can look that's why like, i think vloggers and things you know it's nice for them because they can see it's like a little growing up story for them and like youtubers and things and i think that's what's really cool about it's that a very industry. intense work ethic though very much yeah like you know putting out a podcast every week is like difficult and yeah. it, it clearly is difficult because I had to stop doing it yeah. for a while because yeah and it's like the amount of effort that goes into putting out something consistently every week on your own yeah as well is a big thing um because you kind of you are kind of a one person thing definitely yeah I was about to say one man band and I'm like that <laughs> what is, man band? that's completely <laughs> wrong in all the ways like yeah um so you you kind of have to deal with and like kind of turning around that content and as well like you have to turn it around quite quickly because mm. otherwise it becomes irrelevant of course yeah and it's appealing to a wide audience as well isn't it sometimes you've got to think sometimes how how will this kind of go out and people connect yeah with this? so you can't exactly do it the same way every time yeah as well which is kind of something I'm a bit lazy about <laughs> no I think you've got it I think like you've got a nice diversity and like what I've listened to of your podcast mm. I definitely think there's a nice I, diversity yeah but like the way I do it I don't know whether it's it's kind of I'm doubting myself now, but it's like... No, don't well. doubt yourself, you've got yeah. it. And, you know, like, the fact you've got the... You know, you've got a drive to do it. I think that's always good because you're your own boss. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you, you're the person that says, right, I've got to do this and get this done. So, you know, and to have that in itself, I think, is good. So, yeah, you've and, got this. And in and that sense, like, then working on those, that stuff yourself, like, does it ever get to a point where you're like, no, I can't do this, this is shit? Yeah, I think... Um, Definitely. I mean, it's it's something that you've got to have a lot of self-belief. And that's something that I've always actually struggled with is, believe it or not, and a lot of people are quite shocked, but when I was like little, I was very, very shy. And uh, I was so painfully shy and I was this little blonde kid with a bobbed hair that didn't want anything brought attention to her you know when they put me in a school play I'd be like oh my goodness what am I gonna do I'm this angel in a school play um (laughs) and it was just awful um but I kind of grew up and um I was still shy and I still can be quite shy to this day really in certain situations but I, I went to drama when I was 12 
and uh, I actually like really loved it and I went to this youth theatre group and I made a lot of friends in that and uh, it was a big part of me growing up and you know and actually like I was you know getting pushed in a direction of acting at one point Mm. and you know people like you know this is actually quite an exciting thing You, you know you're not you're not all that bad. Um, <laughs> well, so nice. yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's an annoying thing to hear. So um, yeah, so that really built my confidence in things. I think it, it, it is difficult. And I think when you've had that, I think anyone, even like really confident people though, you know, you have that worry of, one, you're trying to please people and you know, you don't want people to look at you and think, oh my God, she's really bad. And I might think that was all right, but other people might not. So I'm always someone that's taken criticism on the chin though. Like mm. I, I do like people to say, okay, that's not really that good. And, or, you know, you need to slow down. I've been told by back in the past that I should slow down <laughs> and I've understood that. <laughs> but, um, you know, I think, uh, it's a scary, scary thing. But when, when you kind of, people will start to recognize what you do and actually, you start to get loads of people coming up to you and saying, you know, this is really good. I love this. And, you know, like the other day, someone actually like came up to me in a gig and was like, oh, your unique lullaby. And I was like, (laughs) is that even a thing? Like, what is that all about? And she was like, I watch all your interviews and I think they're really good. And I'm like, that's really cool. And, you know, like it's taken me like a couple of years, but, you know, comments like that make me carry on what I do because people are actually watching it and think and I'm like okay that that's good I'm yeah. glad people are watching them and enjoying it because it's for your enjoyment and you know and it's it's nice so self-belief is a big one <clears throat> I said that the other week when we were, we did that talk in uh to some students in in club and yeah we, um and they were like oh how do you kind of motivate someone who's kind of a bit like wanting to give up and stuff and I was like well what I do and they it was funny because they 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 love this they were they laughed at my response, but I was like, but it's true. Yeah. But like I said, I look back at the stuff that people are giving me praise for. Yeah. Because not it's not just looking back at stuff you've done, because you can look back at stuff you've done and go, oh, that's not very good. Yeah. Yeah. But if you look back at stuff you can't, you've done and people are praising you about it, then yeah. you're like, oh, hang on, maybe, maybe I'm, I am all right. Yeah. It. When you really like evaluate, I mean, like this is something that, you know, a lot of my friends and my parents will do if I'm having a bad day and I'm like, because sometimes I get to a point and I'm like, oh my God, like, oh, it's not going to go anywhere. And, you know, am I actually any good? And, you know, I still have those days now. And then what I do is I tend to like do this thing where I write a list of stuff I've achieved over the last couple of years. And you look at that and you're like, actually, you know what? Fair play. If I look at myself a year ago, I was not in that position. And, you know, I was lucky enough this year to have a really cool opportunity that I'm currently working on and, you know, and stuff like that. And you kind of look back and you're like, actually, yeah, okay stuff is going somewhere and you know I, I've done a lot and I try and work very hard and I, I'm a hard worker that's always kind of what I've done and you know I get reminded of that people remind me of that and I'm like oh it's good that you can see that yeah. you know so <laughs> that whole making a list of things you you've done so start and you go oh my god like there's a lot it's a lot you could fit into a year yeah <laughs> there's it's a hell mad. of a lot yeah there's a lot you could fit into a month like we've come to the end of january now and i've just gone oh my god how much have we done in a month like it, how, yeah. much, how much have i done in a month how much have it's so, Go so quickly like, you're like oh my like, gosh yeah and you can fit so much into it and i think you know i'm sure people have some months where they've gone what the hell have i done all month yeah oh which is yeah then it's is kind of then when you have to sit down and go right okay let's do something okay else. yeah how can i go yeah. about making it another thing yeah, yeah, this is it. It is about sort. Of, I think it's always looking around the next corner and um, having a project that you know 
or having like a list of projects that you, you know you might not be able to start right now but you yeah. can kind of get to eventually yep. I know, I know and then feeling. on those dry months you're like oh I can do that this yeah. month because I've got a free month yeah we I don't think I've had a dry month in a very long time <laughs> it is yeah, isn't it yeah it's, it's cool yeah that idea of like kind of sitting down and going oh I want to do this I do, do this do this do this and it's yeah. like I that's the that's the cool thing about like creative people I talk to is that they are so wanting to get onto the next oh, thing yeah. and they ne- they're never complacent in going oh that was good let's yeah. let's celebrate and i'm like it's frustrating because it's like this is really good and yeah. they're like yeah but i want to do the next thing now yeah I'm like, exactly looking into uh, the future uh, already uh, like. can we just concentrate on this for a second <laughs> yeah and it's like yeah so many things um, it's a good attitude because then you're you're never complacent yeah definitely i think like you've always got to be grounded and you know i think you've always because I, I think you've got to have a level head in the fact that I mean, I'm always someone that will always think I can still get better and I can still do this. I'm not even, you know, at a place where you think you might have made it. Like, you know, there's always going to be that mm-hmm. extra thing, like another mountain. That's how I've always thought anyway, yeah. like, you know, looking over the next bit. You know, there's there's so much to go for. Yeah. And that, it's, it's funny because then if you look at like the the highest end of that, like people who are like ridiculously successful and like will... I don't know, like, so musicians, for example, if they, like, headline Glastonbury. Yeah. Or, like, you know, sell out a world tour. Okay, what what's next then? Yeah, this and is it's it. Like, it's kind of like, I, I just, it's crazy how you just, what at that point, you have to keep going. And, it's momentum, isn't it? You've yeah, got to keep, like... I guess, like, you know, you get... I guess the equivalent for you is, like, having an interview show on primetime TV or something. Oh, yeah, literally. There's, but, there's goals, yeah, dreams. Is that even going to exist? I know, this is, this is it. It's like a... It's a bleak thing sometimes, and you're like, oh... But um, I think for me, like, that is always going to be the goal is that is what I've always wanted to do is, like, you know, entertain people. And I love interviewing people. I love tra- chatting to people. And I just like, I like, I do like being in front of a screen. Like, I just do enjoy it. And I feel quite comfortable in front of a screen now and in front of a microphone. And um, for me, it's, it's quite a nice achievement as well because growing up being so shy, like, my parents even say now and they were like, uh, you know, I could not imagine you doing this with your life. Like, it's just the mm. last thing we would have thought of. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's like, fu- it's Yeah, crazy. it's funny how, like, you said about being really shy as a kid and then going to theatre. Yeah. Like, it's so weird how many, like, shy kids go into theatre. Yeah. I think it's probably, because you, you can be someone else. And I think that's quite nice. I think that was something that, I think if you're not comfortable with yourself, then you, you can be an actor and you can play this other character and you can play it like a completely different role to you it just mm. takes it it takes you out of reality for a bit really but then you but then you said like you instead of going the acting route you went to do the interview and that's yeah. kind of like then that's that is your per- do you think it's your personality when you interview people or is it definitely yes um <laughs> <laughs> i do i think um definitely there's there's bits where I cringe at myself because my face is over animated and I look at the <laughs> camera and I do a smile or a funny thing and I, I'm like yeah that is me I'm, I do have you know I do like very upbeat stuff and I'm you know I do like like a good laugh and you know I do like to communicate with people in a way where we can be really comfortable and just like talk and laugh and stuff and I try and get that across in my interviews and things and when you've got like a band that really like reciprocates to that, I mean, some bands probably look at me and like, wow, she is mental. <laughs> oh, more more like that you're kind of, a lot of bands can be quite introverted and you kind of might be intimidating in that way. Yeah. No, I could imagine that. I yeah. can imagine me being, I'd be like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. It's funny yeah. because like, I don't, I don't know, like I hate to say it at your level, but I think 
I've seen some interviews you've done where you're talking to bands that are a bit like kind of a bit not less known yeah and they don't really expect you to be kind of like a hundred percent yeah um I think because your kind of your professionalism and your like your very yeah not it's kind of yeah like I said you kind of you switch on and yeah. like you can kind of bring that across and I don't think many people expect that unless they've been interviewed by people like that before oh, so like seeing the difference nice. between you interviewing like say a local Cardiff band and then interviewing like these kind of headline bands that you have interviewed yeah they're so much more receptive to you yeah because they have encountered that before yeah and I just find that really interesting yeah it, it is isn't it it's um you've got to go I go in with a mindset of like you know everyone's on this on the same page you know I'm gonna like that so my my professionalism is gonna change and things mm. and people have compared me to like presenters and things before and said oh you like here and you like that and I think like if they've been interviewed by someone similar before like you said yeah um they kind of understand a little bit more and I think but I think that comparison I don't know if that's like I don't think I'm, I'm a bit harsh to call that lazy comparison but it's because they probably comparing you to that because you're as you're on a professional level to that. Yeah, and I like, hope so. Yeah, <laughs> yeah <you are. laughs> definitely. Like, I hope so. It's funny because um, that kind of that whole switching on to a that kind of um, professional personality. I know you said that it is your personality, but there is like a there is a slight jump from going, "Hey, this is me in normal life, and this is me interviewing." Oh you. yeah, there's a little bit of a more of a when yeah, a, a bit of you pizzazz. Have to, you have to kind of be a bit. And like you said, you you got told to slow down, so you're being aware of that, and yeah. you kind of you have all these things you're aware of, and the questions that are coming up, and and how to kind of you know structure an interview, and it's a bit more than just like having a conversation with someone. Definitely, which I tend to lapse into. <laughs> but I'll just, yeah. let's have a chat. Let's yeah, have a chat. It's... Oh, I'm all the way away from the microphone now, <laughs> and then and then two weeks later, I'm like I'm just sat editing myself, going, "You idiot!" Yeah, oh, I know, <laughs> I know. Don't worry, I've looked back on a few things. I tend to go in with that bullet points and mm. then I know where I want the conversation to go and I think if you have a bit of a structure to it you kind of can follow that and sometimes like your mind like I've had I've had situations where I've interviewed someone my mind's just gone blank mm-hmm. and I'm like oh my gosh but what I have these things that I call emergency questions oh. that I put in my head I've, so oh, that's so clever yeah so if I, my mind goes blank and I'm like oh my god because I normally remember it a little bit later on and I'll bring it up and but I'll have emergency questions where you know it was it won't be like what, what, you know, where, where'd your band come from or something? You mm. know, I try and make them like, so it doesn't look like I've forgotten, forgotten yeah. my life story sort of thing. So yeah. <laughs> I guess that's a really, that's a really clever thing to do. Just like go, oh wait, I can't think of anything. Um, 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 and then what I tend to do is kind of try and jump back to what we had been talking about before we went off on a tangent. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. And then like, and then structure it. Try and bring that. it back in, it's yeah. Like, um, behind the scenes. Anyway, talking of being structured in the interview, shall I ask you the questions that I was supposed to ask? Of course. Fire away. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm nervous. Okay. So I asked, I, the thing is, I, get, I keep getting annoyed at myself, like um, every time I go, well, I asked two questions at the start. Yeah. I asked two questions at the end. Yeah. But the thing is, like, now I realise that some people don't, haven't listened to the rest of them and they might listen to a podcast like an episode later on for the first time yeah and so I kind of have to do that whole kind of structure thing it's because when I listen to podcasts now and I go they talk they say they explain their their reasoning for doing something repeating every podcast I'm like, yeah I know about this <laughs> you've said I know about it. yeah I get it. Like, oh my <laughs> I god listened. But, no, on it yeah. yeah it it does it does matter it um, does. so yeah so I do two questions start two questions at the end um, so first question is, okay. what's your first musical memory? Oh, 
It's, oh, <laughs> it's, it's gonna sound like so lame um well that's the thing that's the other thing i keep saying is that it doesn't matter because when you're when you're a kid like everything is embarrassing yeah so it doesn't matter like because the second question is what's the first record you ever like bought well you kind of make decisions about music that when you're young that don't seem cool to you when you're yeah. older and it's fine like that is perfectly fine and it does not doesn't matter if it's embarrassing and, like, yeah it shouldn't be embarrassed. Like, no. you might feel like it is, but it's not. And the story with it is quite weird. It's fine. <laughs> um, yeah, well, basically, like, I don't know. I don't know if it was on a compilation album or something, but it was Enya. That song I can't remember what it's called. I think it's Enya. Oh god, if it's not yeah, Enya, I know, I know Enya, but I don't know. Da, 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 da. And it's like it's just a really like musically very dark song. Mm. And um I can't remember the name of it, so you're gonna have to find that out because I can't remember. But um <laughs> and uh it <laughs> just really helped me going, duh, duh. Yeah. But we used to run my my sister used to like chase me around the house and we'd do like a, a loop. And I remember that song was on and it just like made my heart just all the time like mm. like you know when you wake up from a nightmare like and your heart is just going mm. like that song just, just did does, that does and I just you. don't know what it was but I just will never forget that and it was on a compilation album and I was probably about four or five but I was young and uh it's just if you ever listen to that track I'm gonna find it and I'm gonna tell you what okay, it is so you can listen to I've it I've got no idea no what it is. And I, want to I mean it's... Enya is like one of those artists that's like there's um there's a track that people keep using like as a meme. As a meme. That uh, is like. Yeah. And like that's been like used a lot. Everyone's going to really appreciate me singing on this podcast now. But you did it first. I, I did it right. first. Um, My low amount of voice. Um, yeah. And that kind of like evocative music. And it's yeah. Nice. It's, it's funny. Really... It's funny that like a piece of music can uh, make you feel like afraid. Yeah. I remember it so vividly and my heart was just. That's. I, I don't often, unless it's like something really creepy about a piece of music, mm. I don't usually get afraid by songs. Yeah. Um, or like afraid by songs, fearful of songs. Fe- yeah. Yeah. Um, there is like, there are a couple that kind of make you kind of go like tense up. There's, there's one um, off the Matrix soundtrack called Club to Death, which is a lovely. Oh, yeah. Yeah, which is a lovely term. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, but that's yeah. kind of, that's really, that's really kind of quite a freaky one. Yeah. It's just certain ones that like. That kind of, yeah, that kind of get under your skin. That concept of like a scary piece of music is kind of like there's um, uh, Requiem for a Dream as well, which is like that's a terrifying piece of music. Like, I know that. That well, that it's from the film. Yeah. Um, and it's it's it's, I mean that film is horrendous anyway. So like, yeah, it's just a kind of bit of a, and they use it quite a lot in like um inappropriately because the scene that it's happening in the film you kind of go if you've seen the f- scene in the film you kind of if you ever hear that piece of music elsewhere yeah you're like no 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 no, <laughs> no don't use bad. that piece of yeah. music <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah there's like that's the thing it's like i think you know you can kind of talk about music that like uh inspires like f- uh joy or sadness mm. or like those kinds of things or like can like there's like heavy music that kind of make you angry yeah uh, i don't know why i said <laughs> no, it like no, that angry. angry yeah but like the kind of the the idea that 
music can make you scared is like so weird yeah and i think my sister chasing me around i mean like she wasn't it wasn't an aggressive way no, by the no. way it was no, like no, a no. fun thing say, yeah. but um yeah it was just scary really it was just um quite a it's just oh, it's a really i'm gonna google that when i come off and just make sure it is enya but it was definitely a scary piece of music <laughs> so yeah so the next question is uh what's the first like record you chose to have because yeah because people can um buy you records as a gift or yeah. when you're young you don't essentially you don't necessarily have the money to buy your own records so i always kind of phrase it like that because if you because you can kind of cheat and say i bought this when i was 13 with my own money and it's like yeah. nah, it doesn't count no it's got to be something embarrassing because it's always good it is, it is always good isn't it i'm trying to think if i ever well the first is dookie the first album that i you know first had in my hands and was my own, bought with your own bought money. with my own money yeah, yeah i remember it and um, I because I loved the cover of it as well. I loved the kind of like cartoony drawing. Did of you know it what and... Dookie meant when you were? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I didn't. No, I didn't. Like, I, I always find that quite funny. Is like because that's such an American term. Dookie, as well. and it's like so. I, I guess British people picking that that album up. It's mad. Like, it's just a weird weird word. Yeah, <laughs> it's not Dookie. like It's not like the. Um, because if, if you bought it in America, like, this is a weird name for an album. Like, yeah, yeah, it's just a different to be, isn't it? I think, but um, yeah, no, I just I remember picking that, and that was what sparked my Green Day fandom of mm. the time. Really, yeah, back but in the day, you don't remember what the first record? Because I'm sure that's not the first record you owned. My I owned was because um, that's too cool. To, you can't, is it? You can't, not, have a, can't have that one. It probably was. Uh, it's probably Smurfs Go Pop. <laughs> <laughs> no joke. That album was a belter. I think that's, the, that's the first time I've like genuinely like laughed generally out loud. Smurfs at someone's Go at Pop. Someone. I think me and my sister shared it because I don't want to claim it. And she listens to this and she's like, "No, that was mine." Because me and my sister used to mm. have a rivalry over CDs and things. And uh, yeah. It was yes, Matt, but yeah, it was is bizarre thing. I don't think there's a lot I can say about Smurfs Go Pop. No, there's not there's not about a, a lot it's of in depth not... you can go into that <laughs> one. Um, but um, it had some tunes on there. It was uh, pretty decent. <laughs> yeah, I think I vaguely remember that being a thing. Yeah, Mr. Smurf, fantastic, very fantastic. Really, that's what they sang. Yeah. Oh, that's kind of like the Chipmunks. Yeah, they yeah. basically just like took a couple of songs and Smurfed them up. <laughs> <laughs> it was brilliant it was it was great it okay. was a big so let's move on to Duke yeah so um, yeah so you wanted a, yeah, a cool I one we, I mean it's kind of going over a conversation we had um, on Saturday where we were kind of talking about Green Day um, yeah and the fact that yeah like Dookie was is that the f- is that the, that's the first Green Day album no no um, Nimrod I think was the f- it's interesting because I because I kind of equate that to like Nirvana yeah and so they had Bleach as their Bleach, first album. one album. And then they had In Bloomer? No, wait. No, it was uh Was only was never mind the second album then. Yes. Oh, okay. Yes. I don't okay. want to say yes and it's wrong, but I think it was. Yeah. I'm trying to do you know what I because I was I was listening to Nirvana the other day and I was like I was I was getting to Bleach, so I went through the album list mm. and I'm pretty sure that was the second okay, one. I was trying to cool. envisage the images of the because I remember all the kind of images on the albums. Yeah. It's, it's I was envisaging, research. envisaging. Um, yeah, with Green Day and, and Nirvana as well. That was a lot of music I listened to when I was a teenager. Mm. Um, and now, so it's kind of harder f- 
for me to listen to that music because it, it just makes me think, oh, this is kind of. It's not that it, the music is immature, but like it makes me feel. A, it takes you. It takes you back to a time, doesn't it? Because yeah, I think I've made a playlist and uh, I've put like all of that teenage stuff on there. There's Green Day, there's Fall Out Boy, there's um, MCR, um, all and, like you know Death Cab for Cutie and The Offspring and all that stuff. And I listen to that if I'm like it. Actually, it's really weird because that like some of that emo kind of music. Obviously, at the time it was gonna make you sad, but actually, weirdly, if I listen to it now. It makes me happy because it takes me back to the, like, mm. the early days when I used to listen to all that. And, you know, I was a big fan of that kind of music and it was, you know, a big, big deal. Okay, so I'm looking at uh, Green Day's discography now. Yeah, go on. Uh, apparently there's something called 39 Smooth was the first album. Oh, never listened to that. Yeah, Vintage Green yeah, Day. Debut studio album. From, and then they had Kaplunk. Kaplunk, yeah. And then it was Dookie and then Insomniac and then Nimrod. Oh, I was wrong. Yeah, well... Yeah. That's just goes to show. I mean, what a the bad thing is, fan. The thing, yeah, but the thing is, like you, you said as well that you only were really into. Yeah, I kind of. Um, it was weird. I mean, I was really into Dookie, and then I didn't. I like. I know a couple of songs off. I went to international super hits quite quickly because my sister had that album. Oh, because that's the best of us. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it was a naughty one, and uh, a yeah, it was one. yeah, it wasn't a. Uh, just fine you can, you can admit that in this day and age that's okay yeah and um my sister printed off the picture from the internet and so it was <laughs> like a paper sleeve and uh, that was international super hits yeah copied oh that's fine that's cheeky right. and then enough. yeah obviously then like american idiot and things but um but i used to love like songs like warning and mm. minorities one it was one of my faves warning came out about the time i had mtv so mm. i would just see it all the time on mtv so like and then so i knew of green day and then they came out with american idiot and i was like I was like 13 and I was like, yeah, yeah this is the best this thing is, ever. It is, yeah. You're like, oh my God, he's there's my ringtone. Oh, <laughs> Bluetooth like, it to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then you're like, yeah, this is this is this speaks to me. I I hate America. And yeah, you're like, and you're like, I'm, and, then, I'm, and now I look I'm back on and I go, oh, so stupid. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you do, but I don't know. I think there's something about something coming out at that specific moment though that you connect with, and then mm. when you look back on it, you're like, oh, I don't really get that. But when you're in the moment of something being released, it's a completely different feeling, isn't mm. it? And so same with me with System of a Down. I was like, oh, I'm so cool. This is System of a Down. And yeah. This brings this back to and I go, oh, God. Uh, System of a Down, what? <laughs> what? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I know. But it's the, fun, thing, the thing is, we kind of, yeah, we're talking about Green Day and like loads of the kind of the artists now on the 40 Project, who, which, which we both work for. Yeah. That's the one clear Forte thing. plug. Yeah. They were really trashing Green Day. Yeah. And I was a bit like, oh, okay. I didn't yeah, realise that was the the reaction to Green Day now because they're, they're seen as like faux political. Yeah, we had a big debate about it, didn't we? And um, I think I think there was, what was brought up with the simplicity of the lyrics. Mm. And I think I revert to Green Day as like, I just loved the Umdookie mm. and I loved Longview and Basket Case and She... Figured out All the doubts were someone else's 
I, I kind of took it for what it was and yeah. I didn't really read into the lyrics that much if I'm honest even that American Idiot like I didn't read into the what they were singing about that much I obviously knew it was political but I wasn't mm. going so far in that I was like oh it's about this and it's about that and I think the simplicity though was what made them so in a, in a way relatable to people and that's why a lot of people pick them up because they I didn't feel like they were trying to like make it so, you know, unique and like punk, you know, it, it would kind of go into like a more in-depth look into it. And I think they just brushed over it and well, they being quite obvious about it on purpose. Yeah. And that's, I think Green Day is more true to original punk than punk now. Yeah. Like it's hard to say punk because you don't really get punk in the same way. No, it's Day not was. the same. It's not the same. And even like... Like the new punk is like... It's good sound really stupid but then you like the new punk is like grime and stuff yeah and all this stuff that's a bit that really is political there's other genres of it but you can fit so much more into that kind of music yeah so i think the kind of them saying it was oh it's really simple and Mm. it's like yeah but that's what punk was yeah like in the start in the beginning it was really simple and it was like it wasn't supposed to be really in depth and like no it was it was making a point basically and mm. it was like you know people have got stuff to say and they're gonna say it that yeah, was... you, don't, you don't necessarily have to kind of put an entire manifesto across in one song no exactly and like you, you can't even put green day in the same category as like you know the clash or the, no. like anything like that do you know what i mean you can't put people in that but the thing is with the clash it wasn't like the clash was yeah i don't know I guess isn't it? yeah, I can't really compare the clash and green day no you can't <laughs> it's, like it's really hard it's just a completely yeah. different thing but I, yeah, I was really kind of surprised at how dismissive they were of it because I was like, yeah, but like, I'm sure a lot of the music you listen to now, I feel, but it feels like I'm really old when I say shit like that. Yeah, I know. But um, I was really quite young when I was aware of how music, what, like. Yeah, I think, it, I think, I don't want to get all like, oh my God about it. But like, I think, you know, it's, music is just the, something you connect with. And I think if you connect with something a bit more than, you know, just the lyrics because I mean I've always been someone that's lyrics are really important and I've Mm -hmm. kind of loved lyrics but you know um I found different artists going you know I came out I came out of sort of like emo-y pop punky pop rocky stage after like you know doing the whole blink thing and the offspring and all that jazz I came out of that when I was about 13 but that was because my sister was four years older than me Mm. and you know she started to listen to Arctic Monkeys and I remember grabbing an album off her and you know, and then I started to get into like the Maccabees and Bobby Bicycle Club and really changing up the naughty yeah. indie vibes. Yeah, and that that kind of thing is it's totally but I find I don't know, like I love some of those bands, but I found that so boring in comparison to like no offense. No, but not like, at all. But like stab me in the heart. Yeah, but like <laughs> no. compared to like punk which kind of had a well or green day which kind of had a message. Not that I necessarily enjoyed Green Day after getting that the American idiot. But yeah. Like um it just it didn't really talk about anything, but it's fine. No, it's yeah. good music. No, definitely. I completely agree with that. And I think, um, I mean, I liked a lot of the mod music and a lot of Motown. So I love the Small Faces, like one of my favourite bands. And, you know, such as The Jam. I, I liked I liked a good voice. And then I picked up Bob Dylan for the first time. And I remember picking up Bob Dylan. And I, I just, I'm a big Bob Dylan fan. and mm-hmm. Especially lyric, lyrically. Mm. Um, that was something I think that Bob Dylan was the first time and Johnny Cash actually were the first kind of times that I listened to music and um, I really 
got invested in lyrics and really understood why lyrics were so important and how they can tell a story. Mm. And um, I remember like from kind of picking up those artists from then on, I've always been someone that's really in tune trying to listen to lyrics and, yeah. you know, of that of that thing really. So you so. never kind of, I don't know, it's because without talking about bands in particular, it's like with some of the bands we work with, it's kind of, there are some bands that don't have lyrics or yeah. are kind of very sparse with their lyrics and stuff. Yeah. So it's kind of, but then I guess you have to listen to a lot of music. So you don't necessarily have to talk about the bands we work with, but in general, when you get presented with a band who aren't very lyrically driven, yeah. how do you react to it? Um, do you know what? I, I tend to like listening to the, I, I do really appreciate good instrumentation because my dad always kind of listened to a lot of classical music and stuff and he put that on in the car sometimes and you know we'd have that and you know I kind of know what you know what kind of works well and how mm. they mix instruments together and you know and I love drums like it's, drums are my favorite part of a band and when I get sent a piece of music whether it's lyrically driven or not I will literally try and listen to the drums because mm. I, you can always hear when a drum is just spot on and I love that. But then I really like listen to the way the guitars are and I'm not a guitarist and I'm not a musician myself. Yeah. Um, I can play about four chords on the ukulele and that's <laughs> as far as it'll go. Happy instrument, hey? And uh, yeah, so, you know, I, but I do know, I've listened to a lot of music and I've grown up with a lot of different types of music um, from everything from the 60s all the way up until noughties and all that jazz and from different eras so I like listening to things that sound like what I've heard but twisted slightly so they've got the same kind of vibe but I think there's a lot a lot said and I think instruments can tell a story really yeah and I think you know I've talked about instrumental music before where you can kind of put your own interpretations on it but you can also you can do that a lot with lyrics anyway definitely like, but I think like with instrumentation like it's it becomes a bit of a soundscape then doesn't it mm. and I mean I've, I've worked with stuff like that before because I've done radio dramas and things like that mm. and I've learned how using like sounds can really create a mood and can really set your mind racing yeah which and... goes back to you talking about Enya and being scared yeah like... Enya man she had it right down <laughs> Jesus <laughs> God, scary. <laughs> yeah, and that kind of, but relating to music in different ways, I think it's it's so easy to just get locked off on one kind of thing where you go, oh, it doesn't have any lyrics, like, so I'm not going to bother with yeah, it. Yeah, I don't think you can be like, I think, no, because that's not what music's all about. It's about how something makes you feel. And that can be done through lyrics or through instruments. It's just how you interpret something, really, so... So what you kind of do as a as your main vocation is kind of split between, you know, interviews and stuff, but you also review music? I do, yes. Uh so when it comes to that kind of in it kind of linked is uh what really stands out to you when you listen to a piece of music? I think the first thing is um of the genre. So I really cuz it's something that's not my genre. I have to kind of not your genre. Not not my genre particularly, you know. Like like it's something that I maybe wouldn't pick up now, mm. but then, you know, I try and put my mindset, okay, that's the genre and this is what's happening with that genre right now. You know, I tend to listen out for certain things I like. I think I'm someone that gets goosebumps when I listen to music. Mm. So if something really like sits with me, I get a feeling that I get excited about and that can be any genre. 
it's just it's it's just a weird feeling that I get with listening to stuff and I kind of put myself in a position being like okay would I put on a playlist or you know can I use that but sometimes I get sent things and if I'm doing radio stuff sometimes it is a little bit too raw to kind of do radio stuff and it's a bit too demo-y for what I kind of deal with I think you can hear potential in music straight away and I think you know you've got to really have an open mind about stuff so I try and go in with an open mind and I think if something's got someone there's just that thing there that I think okay that works really really well that guitar works really well or you know that pop beat is just Mm. so catchy or you know that hook of the top line or the chorus um or even like a verse and you know the way the song moves in and an example of that was uh I got sent um oh palm honey once and uh it was oh, Hot Simeon Weather was the track I got sent. And there's something really cool about that track. They've used like this interesting vocals, like, you know, with mm. this the start of the song. It's actually a little bit creepy. There was something really excited about that band that I thought, okay, this is cool. I'm going to carry on listening to this. And the vibe of the song, it moves in a really weird kind of creepy flow. Yeah. It's got a little bit like kind of like a, you know, we had The Witches. It's that kind of vibe. It's very like kind of like dark and it's like twisty music. And when you get sent a track like that, it just kind of, it, if, if I get goosebumps or I get excited by something, I just, I just know. And then when I get something else by the artist... I'll, you know, be really excited because I'm like, oh, I can't wait. And I do actually quite like it when sometimes it works when it goes into a different direction. Sometimes mm. you're like, oh, that's so different to what I heard before. But um, I think it's like the way a piece of music makes me feel. And I don't know, I think good quality sometimes is good. But I think sometimes even like, you know, poor quality, you can hear potential. Mm. So it doesn't have to be like the best recording in the world. Mm. So, you know... Because, you know, kind of all have access to that. So what happens to the music that you don't get a feeling from? I, Because I, I, I get sent, so I do get sent quite a lot now. And uh, before I used to kind of reply to everyone. But if it if it isn't really for me, it's not that I'm not replying because I'm just being nasty. It's just because I'm getting, I'm trying to focus on the stuff that I yeah. get sent so much stuff. And uh, I'm kind of focused on the stuff that I know will work with my particular blog or, I mean, my blog now is very diverse and I do kind of do everything Mm. but you know I'll have a look at gigs and things like that as well because when I get sent a track that I really like I do kind of go to interview that band as well so I'll look at the tour dates I get you know the Mm. press release and things and I'll look where they're playing and I also tend to look at what the band have done because if I get sent something and it's not quite you know I didn't really connect with it at all and I I wasn't sure if I really liked it or it wasn't really for me I'll always look at other stuff they've done because you know that might just be a one track that I didn't because it's like on an album like there's always tracks that sometimes you just don't like and you know it's it's like that when you get sent stuff so I think that's that's what I've talked about a couple times is that you kind of get given so little time and so much music yeah that it's it's harder but the, the idea of going and kind of exploring something else a band has done 
I, you know, sometimes you just don't have the time to do it. But the fact that you 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 want to do that is kind of quite nice. Yeah. I, I mean, it, it, I, was, I was asking in particular, not really, but like, if you sent me something, I haven't replied. Yeah. Is that why? Yeah. <laughs> so. So the first I heard of you, I think, was through a band you mentioned. So I think you interviewed or reviewed We're No Heroes. I did, yeah. And I was like, oh, there's a there's a blogger from Cardiff who is covering Cardiff fans. Yeah. Maybe I should send them something. Yeah. No response. No, what did you send me? Yeah, I sent you Junior Bill. You didn't give me any response. <gasps> oh, I'm so thing sorry, is, like, Junior Bill. It's, it's fine because, like, you, like you talking well. about it, like, now makes me realise, oh, yeah, like, I can totally see that perspective because yeah, I get sent music as well. And I just go, okay, cool. Like, what do you want me to do about it? Because I don't run an active blog and I don't run, like, I don't, I can't respond to everyone. Yeah. Yeah. It'll, it'll it'll bring up your name and and like stuff like that. And you know, I, I wish I could go out. I like, I wish, I wish I had the patience and the tolerance and the free time to go out every night and see a new gig and mm. like listen to all the music that gets sent to me or listen to all the music that I can. Yeah. But it's just, it's just not possible. It is and I, like, difficult. It's, yeah, it's difficult. And like, the thing is, the fact that you get to do that more than me, I'm jealous <laughs> yeah, of. <laughs> I do love, yeah, it is really good. And I think, um, but I think as well, like you, you get like sometimes like stuff slips through as well. And you get, like, I get a lot of emails and stuff actually did slip through. So, you know, sometimes people follow up and I didn't hear mm. it the first time because it did, did generally slip through because it just gets pushed down. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and sometimes the follow-up's good and stuff. But, yeah, I think seeing a band live can sometimes put it into perspective. And it actually, seeing a band live has changed my perspective before. Mm. Like, you know, someone sent me a track before and I've been like, I'm not sure about this, but they were a support slot for somebody else. And I was yeah. like, oh, fair play, like live, blah, blah, Yeah, that's happened to me a couple of times where I've gone, ah, I'm not so keen on this. I don't see them live. Gone, oh, totally wrong. Yeah, it just oh, no. flips yeah. your mind. And and even like thing. seeing videos of bands playing live, like you can kind of not really get the, the full picture and, and then you kind of change your mind on it. And you're like, oh, wow, like that's actually a lot better yeah. than I expected it to, it's to be. it's sweet, like it's um, really good. That kind of, that being open to that kind of much, that much music, like, I am so sheltered in how I listen to music now and I really wish I could have that opportunity to go out and listen to more music. Yeah. And uh, this, this, isn't, this isn't an open invitation for people to send me a load of music, though. Basically, but I'm on the guest list for everything. No, well, I'm not going to go. Like, <laughs> I can't. Thing. It's like, it's so bad that I can, I can be an advocate for the Cardiff music scene all I want, but I'm still terrible when it comes to going to gigs. Like... It's because it's my it's become my job. Like when I first started doing stuff in the local music scene, it, I was a reviewer. I was a reviewer and a photographer. So I would, you know, to get content, I'd go and see as much as possible. Yeah. And so you know, some of the bands that I saw back all the way back then, I still listen to now. You yeah. Know, they're long since gone. Yeah, of course. But I will listen to them. like people. <laughs> I get so much, so many times when I like playing like a playlist of music, uh, like the full moon or something or the moon now. Yeah. I like, or to friends. And like, oh, what's this? And I'm like, oh, it's this band. And they split up like five years ago. Yeah, it's like, oh. And you're like, oh, oh fine. <laughs> okay. okay. Um, that, but that kind of, that trying to stay relevant. And the only music now I get to like listen to anew is stuff that, I have to do sound for. Yeah, of course. And so like, that is where I find new music, which is so, I wish, I wish I could like, it's, it's so easy for me to say, go out and watch the support bands oh, and yeah. like support your local music scene and go out to somebody. And I don't do it. No. Lots of people in the industry are so guilty of that. And like, mm. it's just, I don't know. It's because 
you, you can feel so overwhelmed by lots of music that's out there. Yeah, definitely. So how do you kind of cope with that, I <laughs> guess? <laughs> I, think, um, I think I just... I spend a lot of my time keeping my finger on the pulse. I am, like, very <laughs> geeky about that. And I will... I don't know. I think I like to read a lot of magazines, music magazines. Mm. And I like to read a lot of interviews. And um, I like to see what other blogs and other magazines are saying about other yeah. artists. And, and do you, like, and... consider that work? Um. Yeah. I, yeah, I suppose so. Because cause I'm, like, self-employed now and that, you know, everything that I do is that now unique lullaby and presenting and being a presenter for other people and all that stuff so yeah I do and I do class it as research for certain things and you know and I'd spend a lot of time sifting through music but that's what I've always done when I'm younger like I spent a lot of time in CD shops when I was younger (laughs) sifting through going through and buying CDs and um loving that and but so in that sense because you it's part of your job now do you ever get do you ever go, I need a break from doing it? I think I do. I think, like, for my mentalness, health, and just to kind of take a break, because I'm a bit of a workaholic, um, I should kind of take a break and, I think, you know, and step back a little bit just for, like, a day or something and just take, yeah. a, take a step back and get back into it. But I just love it. I don't know. I'm, like, addicted to finding new music and reading about new music. And I like the process of how bands kind of you know the process of it and, I, and I've had that actually from an early age because I was in a Jake Bug video back in the day and <laughs> you know it was really cool um which, which song oh it's, it's love me the way you do it was filmed by students <laughs> and uh it was probably one of the first videos he's ever done and it's not really a proper video it was just for a project and it's me painting a picture of his face it's all very weird <laughs> um and uh yeah and I remember speaking to him and you know he was like going off and you know going to London and things and doing really cool stuff and that was excited because that was for me the first time I'd ever I ever looked at the other side of the industry and gone oh Mm. okay um that's that's really interesting like there is a side to it it's not just oh I'm gonna get on stage and play a a song which I for (laughs) years I used to go to so many gigs growing up and that's all I thought you you didn't know didn't even think yeah Yeah. I don't know when that moment was for me I guess like because you do become aware that there's a whole industry behind musicians it's not just musicians who work yeah doing music it's like yeah you kind of so much that goes on yeah yeah and then it's one of the examples I give is because I've like done bigger shows or like just been a, a like observed bigger shows is there's a thing this is gonna um not ruined, but like kind of, it's like a little secret mm. about when you go and see a live show, especially if it's a big live show. Yeah. Is that there's a kind of a universal indicator of when the band's about to go on. Yeah. Which is someone on stage just flashing a flashlight at the back of the room. Yeah. And like that notifies the guy who's doing sound or the girl who's doing sound. Yeah. Human that's doing human sound. Human doing sound. <laughs> um, uh, that they are, or lights or whatever, that the, the band's about to come on. And like, uh, so it's like I hate that thing where you're stood at a gig and a song finishes yeah. and everyone's like oh, oh yeah. and you're like they're not, they're not on yet they're not I on yet you wait for the you got to wait for the, I, I don't remember like it's just like being at a grime show and they're like oh is she going to come on it's like no you have to wait for the torch yeah. and then the torch they, they think I'm having the torch and the, these girls went oh. and I was like yeah it's just a thing yeah 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 like, I've known about that for years and it's like I mean that's but that's just like that's my example of like there being like all these 
secret things behind the yeah you know, behind the music yeah and it's like I think once you know that it it kind of puts you in a, a different mindset but I love that mindset mm. I love it because you connect with some the, the artists and the musicians so much more I think because you know what they're kind of doing definitely I think I've talked about that before from a like sound perspective because it, it kind of enhances your the way you feel about music then yeah. because you kind of you're aware then of so much more that's happening around it rather than just the music and you know my friends who are interested in the music business like they're so into like marketing campaigns yeah and things like that and like um I guess it would be like the same with you and interviews and press releases and things like that. You're like, you're so interested in how that's done. And if it's not, if it's boring then it's boring, you don't care about it. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I, a gig for me will be so much more enhanced by good sound or good lighting. Yeah. But then you get the opposite of that, which is like, if something is marketed really badly or if they give you a poor press release, do you just like, no, just don't care about that. Yeah. I think, um, if if it's I hate it when people send me download links and that's all they send me because I'm like I can't my my Mac is <laughs> on its last legs as it is and uh, hot I just tip can't, there. yeah don't send download do links. not send download you're, links and I you're right because I've done that before and you get so much a much better response if you send streams you do like it's okay to send a download link and a stream link that's perfect yeah. because if I want the song for my radio I can download it then mm. they have to send me it again but if you just send a download link the chances are I'm not going to listen to it. And the way it's kind of set out is really important, I think, for a press release mm. because I want to know a little bit. I want to get the band's personality straight away, but, you know, I'm going to get that from their music. So I want something that's going to make me go, oh, this is really cool. I'm going to listen to what, you know, I, I like to hear what people have said. That's what I like. I like quotes because mm. I find it really interesting when, you know, they get like quotes from magazines and things and what they've said. Oh, right. So, so you mean quotes from other people? Yeah. And what people have said, like DJs or the radio DJs or, you know, other people in the music industry. And then I'll be like, okay, that's cool. So I kind of have a little bit of a thought process, but I like to know a band's personality. I think that's like, I like to know the guys behind the music, but not in like, you know, a massive paragraph where, mm. you know, it's like an essay and, and I'm like, oh my gosh, where, where, you know, he was born in 20, you know, 2012. And I'm like, okay, there won't be 2012 because he'd be tiny. He's, he's so young. <laughs> um, but... I mean, are we, are we talking about it? It's not like, oh my God, they're so young. It's so scary. And yeah. Then Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so it's mad. But yeah, so I, I think, yeah, I want to get into, you know, what I want because I want to listen to the music at the end of the day, but mm. I want to know why I really should listen to this track mm. in particular straight away. And so you do the presenting, you do the roof. Do you do many reviews still or is it? I do actually. And um, I've been doing a couple of blog interviews recently as well. Mm. I've kind of missed doing them. Um, so they're on my blog at the moment. And yeah, I've been sent, I do get sent, um, a lot of PR companies have kind of started to send me stuff from all over. And um, I had an artist from New York actually uh, the other day, which was cool. And he's really cool. Um, so I'm going to be doing a review and a little blog interview with him. But yeah, no, I do. I still love writing the music because when I started Unique Lullaby that is why I did it mm. I didn't know it would go anywhere and I didn't know it would become this thing with videos and this like you know radio show and mm. and podcasts and things um so I just started writing about music just because I wanted to just get get involved in the scene and I you know I noticed Cardiff had a lot going on and I was like you know and I was asking bands if they'd let me interview them mm. and <laughs> and uh, be like oh is it okay if I you know do a quick interview with you and I'd still love writing because that's the reason I started the blog was to write about music and yeah. I think my first post was literally about a music festival I reviewed when I went when in when I was 
I don't know, I think it was Isla White Festival actually. That's the first thing I properly wrote about. And I just went there as a punter with a couple of friends and, you know, and it was just nice yeah, to write about that's, it. That's the way to start is that you you have to go as a punter. Yeah, absolutely. You can't just talk your way into doing No, something. like you've got to love music yeah. and you've got to like adore it. And, you know, I've loved it all through my life. And yeah. for the first festival I went to at Leeds at 16 and I remember being yeah. there on a mad one. I remember um, when I did music photography... I got seen as like, I don't know, for a very short period of time, I got seen as like a good music photographer in Cardiff, which is like long since disappeared. But yeah. um, uh, I had a lot of people like ask me, oh, how do you get into it? And I was like, well, just go. Yeah. Just go and do it. Yeah. You've got to do. You can't say you've got to do. Yeah. You can't. And you can't blag your way in off nothing as well. No. Like you've got to build up a portfolio first. Well, that happened to me. Like I was at Green Man Festival and I got my first press pass last year and I was so happy because... It was such a cool festival and there was a really good lineup and I was so excited to take Unique Lullaby and I was in the queue and this other press guy was just like, oh, so who are you with then? I was like, oh, it's my own blog. And I, it's just, he says, oh, do you have a team? And I'm like, no, it's just me. <laughs> and he was like, oh, did you blag your way in then? And I was like, no, I applied and told them what I'd done and that's how I got it. And he was like, oh, right, yeah, probably blagged it then. And I was just in the queue and I was just like, are you serious? I like... I I didn't just turn up here. Like I actually applied just like you and gave them a portfolio of the stuff I've done. And um, it's just really sad that people like, you know, kind of yeah, just, just prejudge and they're like, oh, you must have done this. And, you know. Well, that's the thing. It's like, that's, so, that's a, such a crap attitude because that person knows that like, well, should know yeah. that it, there is an amount of effort involved in getting a press pass. Like it's so difficult to get press passes. It is so hard. Because essentially they are giving you a free ticket. Yeah. And like nobody wants to give you a free ticket. No, of course not. Absolutely. And you know, because the, the Green Man team were just so lovely. I loved mm. working it. It was such good fun. And you know, the people that ran all the press were great. And just this one magazine that decided to be just, yeah, yeah it's like, well, oh, that, cheers. That's one of the things I wanted to talk to you about was, um, I think it's like one of the first... Wasn't the first one of the first conversations we had, but I remember like it was quite soon after I started working for Forte's. We had a conversation about like um, about sexism mm. in in the industry, and like it's so- something I haven't really touched on in the podcast before, and I feel like I should have. But I think you were saying to me like it's it a while ago now. I think it's like last May, so yeah. I can't remember exactly. But like <laughs> you were saying, like you would go to gigs and people would be like, "Oh, you." the girlfriend of the band mm. like yeah your groupie like yeah um I think sometimes when you you go into an interview um I, I found kind of you know sometimes bands have been like oh have you you know this was like early early on mm. and stuff like that because I go in a bit more confidence now um but you know they'd kind of you'd, they'd see me there with a the microphone but they'd think that I was just a fan they'd be like oh do you want like you know do you want a picture I'm like, no, I've come to interview you. We've just sorted this out. I just, I think like sometimes this blonde girl comes in and some people probably have preconceived ideas and think, oh my God, here we go. Or she's interviewing me. Oh God, this is going to be so like mundane and stuff like that. I get so nervous of that because I've done my research and I love music. And the reason I'm here is because I'm going to talk to you about stuff. My, My friends have said as well, like they've seen me interview people before and the the band have been a bit like, oh, wow, like she's actually done her research and you can see it in their face and things. Um, But yeah, I think like going to a gig as, you know, doing this as a girl, like, like, I know I've been like asked out by bands and things and by like tour managers and stuff. And it's been really like, do you want to go for a drink and all this? And I'm like, no, (laughs) I'm not here for that. I'm here literally because I want to interview you. It hasn't happened on many occasions, but the odd occasion and, 
you know, it does make you question things sometimes and you're like, no, I've come here because I want to do this. This is what I want to do and I want to speak to you because I like your music. That is all. It's difficult sometimes and it's, it's sad that it has to be like that and I'm sure other people have had similar situations. Yeah. Like probably maybe were a lot worse and, you know, it's quite it's quite annoying, really. And I think, you know, it's... I really am trying to, like, correct my way of thinking. I know I've... I, I know I can't... I'm not perfect on it and I think a lot of people are worse than perfect on it and like um they it's such a kind of pre it's just an ill ill judged thing that people think oh it's fine yeah it's there's no problems yeah I mean I think this year is definitely like well the last year has definitely kind of proven that that's not the case but I don't think I think it's being perceived in a in the yeah there's that whole kind of um you know the main stories about it but there's also this kind of like really there's an imbalance. Yeah. It's, people it's always like people always say that I'm politically correct. I'm just like I'm not. I'm no. just like I'm just trying to kind of have some balance. Yeah. And it's I just find that really important. And I think um, you know women are really unfairly represented in music, and like a lot of the I tend to get on a lot better with women. Yeah. And both professionally and personally. Yeah. Because there is like I don't know, it's it's so kind of I just, like, I'm literally dancing around my words. Going, oh no, honestly, uh, you're all right. Yeah, go go for it. Yeah, but then it's like I just think about like you can say certain things and you go, no, that's not true, and it's like there tends to be like less ego mm. and a bit more professionalism from women, and all like I get so much fucking hate for saying that because men are like, oh, but men could be professional and men men yeah. don't have ego, but. I'm just going by personal like anecdotes yeah. and like my personal experience and like it just seems when I when I run into people in the industry and they're men and I mean yeah no this is like it's a minority but I've just found it so much more with men than women yeah that it's, they just have so much they've got more of an axe to grind yeah not that I've not run into women who've got an axe to grind no yeah but also and they they kind of come across like but you get. I'm sure it's it's not just being, you know, band members asking you out. I'm sure it's like, you know, because you do, you film and you do yeah. sound and stuff. Yeah. And like how many men have said, oh, do you need some help? Quite a few times. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think, uh, yeah, I think, I think like now it doesn't really happen as much anymore because I kind of go in with an attitude that I'm a very independent person. Mm. And I show that now. So for the past couple of years, I've been really clear of like getting asked yeah. out or getting like um, people being like, do you want some help? Because I'm literally there like, and I'm doing this and I know what I'm doing. Mm. But that, um, that's you putting a guard up. That's you putting It is. Up. It's putting yeah. on a confidence though. I don't really have, yeah. but I'm marching in being like, no, I've, I've got this. You know, I'm a one man band with this Whereas stuff. Whereas I think men are just, they don't need that because they just, a lot of, a, a lot of other men... I, I see I am generalizing but it is it's true but like yeah. you just they just assume that you know what you're doing when you're a man and then when you're a woman you, I just, I just yeah heard so much so many cases of people just being like really dismissive of women because they're women definitely and I think like people people can learn stuff as well and I think that's what people forget like they think oh because it's electrical stuff or oh, she don't know about that yeah and I'm like no actually you know what I've come I've been really lucky because I've come from a background like my dad used to do sound in the Royal Concert Hall in Nottingham. So he used to do sound for like Ray Davis and um and stuff like that. And you know, big, big bands like, you know, Tony Hadley and Spano Bali and things like that. He used to do the sound and the lights for that. And 
my dad has been amazing with you know teaching me about microphones and sound and soundproofing and you know he built me this like little, I used to have a studio for unique color my, my dad built that for me yeah. like he knew all about that stuff and he taught me everything I know about that stuff and you know I, I've learned that because I've like chosen in that and I can Google stuff, you know, I can go on it. <laughs> I have fingers and uh, <laughs> I like yeah, go on the internet and, yeah. um, you know, and camera as well. You know, I've, I, I'm not massively experienced with camera or sound, but you know, what I need to know, I know, and I know how to edit sound. I know how to film something. I know how to edit things myself because I've taught myself that mm. because they're just things that I need to personally know. Yeah, and it's you can't if you're doing something yourself, you can't rely on other people to do it because you can't afford it. No, for one, absolutely. And two, because like you've got a creative vision and you need to do it the way you want to do it. Yeah, and that's and it's so much easier for you could just pass it off on someone else, but that's not your thing then. No, no, oh no, literally. I think, um, yeah, I think I've I've got into the mindset because I've always, I mean, obviously when I've done my sessions and things, I've had people do the sound for me because they don't have to mix and I don't know how to mix. Um, and you know, and he's, he's been in a band, my sound mixer. So he knew all about the where's and what's of, you know, how to set up a session. Like, yeah. I couldn't set up a session cause I'm not that advanced. Like mm. I can set up an interview situation and, but yeah, I think I'd never ever pass anything else onto anybody else. Like I like to do everything. Um, you know, I plan, I do every kind of side of it. I mm-hmm. contact the managers or the PR and I sort the interview, I do the research, I am the producer in a way because I'm, you know, I liaise with all the bands and I meet them and I have to, you know, it can be really hard because I'm setting up a camera, setting up sound and trying to liaise with this band that I've just met and, you know, trying to get into the interview zone and, you know, get like conversation going and things and I'm trying to (laughs) do all these things. Interview zone. (laughs) There is a zone. Okay. And uh, (laughs) stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I think um, I quite like it though in myself because I've taught myself a lot over the years that is one thing that I do kind of look back on and, you know, a day I'm feeling down, I'm like, okay, you've done this all on your own. Mm-hmm. You have no help from anybody else. Yeah. Nobody has inputted, nobody writes, no one does anything to do with the unique lullaby apart from sound for a session and that is it yeah. because that's just a different kettle of fish to me. But yeah, so, you know, I think, I think teaching yourself stuff is just the best thing feeling in the world and, you know, especially when you've gone knowing nothing. Like, I didn't yeah. know anything. So. You're, you're right. Like, when you work something out that yeah. you've never done before, you're like, oh, you're yeah. like, oh, my God, it's like a puzzle. <laughs> yeah. Like, it. I just unlocked this thing. Yeah. Like, oh, I love that. Yeah, yeah. like, I, that's one of my favourite things. That's one of my favourite feelings. It's going, yeah. yeah, I've made this happen. It's yeah. incredible. Like, you feel like you own the world. Yeah, like, you yes. shouldn't have to go... You know, it's that it's like a DIY ethic, but like yeah, uh, like it's just. But it's oh. it's great. Like it's it's your thing, and it's yeah. your setup. And so. DIY now doesn't necessarily have to mean like shoddy, does it? No, yeah, I love DIY. Like I love um, videos. I love I love when a band does a really DIY video. I love that. I literally. I know I'm talking about the Witches again, but they've got they, a lot of their videos look really DIY. And they just look sick. Like they look so cool. And you know, a lot of bands do it. They there's loads, and I think. I think I like them because I used to watch, I grew up on the Beatles a lot and, mm. uh, you know, I used to watch a lot of their videos and it it makes me feel like a 60s video but it, when it's that being stuff like, isn't, like that. That's, that's not because it's DIY, that's because it was that's like... That's because it was like that back in the day. pioneering. Yeah. yeah. And that's what I love. I love because it takes you back to like looking at those videos and it's like watching something from that. From the series. past. From the past. But it's in the future. Talking of the past. Good segue. So if you, if you haven't already noticed you're, you've got an accent that isn't very welsh 
It's not. It's not it's Welsh. Not. Where are you from, Louise? <laughs> Nottingham. No, uh, Nottingham I am from. Yeah. Um, yes, originally. So, so you said you went to Leeds when you were 16. I did. Did you know much about the Nottingham music scene? Yeah, now or back in the day? Back in the day. Um, I did. We used to have this thing called Newsic, which um, kind of got new artists a platform to perform live um, and do bits and bobs. It used to be very sort of... Very, like, interviews and things. Um, I used to be that platform. Um, and I used to go down to the bodega quite a lot, me and my friends mm. did. So, you know, we'd go and see lots of bands. Um, and, yeah, I, I think... I think I, I saw Jake Bug a couple of times in Nottingham back in the day in, like, early stages and things. And I used to love going to gigs. I'd go to anything. I think the first gig I actually went to in Nottingham was at Rock City, which is an amazing venue if anyone's ever been. Um and rescue rooms were like the, my two favorite venues mm. and uh there was also a little bit venue called the maze which was a tiny little venue i've been to the maze you have yeah, haven't you yeah. it's so small it's so, you say it's small it's but tight. it's not a small like, do you not think i think it's not like card like in comparison to like venues in cardiff it's not that small do you not think i but it's very intimate isn't it like but you go in the bars there and then the stage is there and you're like you're literally at the stage aren't you you're like yeah, you've got a little thing i mean i i thought it was pretty decent for like i haven't been for years though i last time i went was back i can't remember probably hasn't probably hasn't it's still quite far <laughs> out the thing of town. about venues is they don't unless they have like some major investment in them they don't change they don't change no. and i think that's what's nice but like i love when bands you know i interview bands that come to cardiff and mm. then we i always talk to them about nottingham and i and you know, I, it makes me so happy when they say, oh, yeah, we played Rock City and it was honestly the best. We love it. We love the nights out there. And I'm like, yes, you do, because it's great. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and you know, it takes me back because I was I was in that scene and I would I went to so many gigs at Rescue Rooms and Rock City. Mm. And, you know, I loved it. And I had a group of friends that love gigs as well. And we always used to go and it was back in the day. And, you know, you become you get in the mosh pits. I was always in the mosh pits pushing someone over uh, <laughs> being that that person yeah and uh, <laughs> yeah it's, it's great like and um, nottingham has always had a good music scene though i think um who was the last but uh, i mean well people say london grammar came from nottingham but they went to nottingham uni i'm pretty sure well people say lost campsinos come from cardiff and mm. they just went to cardiff uni and this is it but well, it's so. the same and then we had like saint raymond and things um we haven't had an artist break out of nottingham recently really so see if I can go I on might Wikipedia. Be completely wrong. But um uh, yeah, I've kind of lost that scene now. But I get excited when Sleaford Mods? Sleaford Mods yeah, of course, yeah. That was back in the day though, yeah. Well yeah, but like no they're they're, they're big now. They're massive. Oh no, yeah. they're huge, that's what yeah. I mean, but like no childhood? one like recent that came out of Childhood? Don't know who childhood though. No. Oh, okay. Sorry. Bad music blogger. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah, no, I don't think they are actually like a thing anymore. But Sleaford Mods are pretty Sleaford good. Sleaford Mods, I saw them at Green Man. They were awesome. Mm. Really um, good. Don't re- Oh, Dog is Dead, I know. Dog of. is Dead, yeah. yes. Dog is Dead. I remember they, d- they used to do DJ sets as well. I used to get on my bus as well. Um, Just the curly haired ginger one used uh, to get on my bus. See, that's funny because now I've just realised that my, one of my friends in uni, in first year of uni, first couple of months of uni, she dropped out. Like, oh, yeah. In, was friends with one dog's dead. Oh, she's no from way. Nottingham. Oh, Mad. yeah. I just, I just, like, no, I just made that clip. just like, oh, that's cool. Yeah, um, they brought out an album a couple of years ago, actually. Again, yeah, yeah. a new one. And they were on skins. They were on skins. I forget that. I forget that. As, yeah, they were. <laughs> 
Oh, that's great. <laughs> I forgot what they did on Skins. Literally. They were they were played at a party, I'm sure. Yeah. They won I think 2011. it's Yeah, it's the one it's one of um, the second series, I'm sure. Closing scene of the fifth series. Oh yeah, oh. didn't I didn't like the fifth series. What was that the wait, that's... which one's that? So there's one, two, three, four. Oh no, yeah, I yeah. didn't like that series either. I didn't connect with that one. Yeah. Wasn't a fan. <laughs> wasn't a fan. It's all about no, the first dog is dead, but it's not not the good series. No, it's not as good series to be. Like, it's like uh, anything past the fourth series of yeah. Misfits as well. Oh yeah, yeah I used to love like, Misfits. Oh, I never watched it after um, Nathan. Nathan was it? Nathan, the one with the, yeah. the Irish guy. Was, yeah. yeah. When he got shoved out of it. I yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Skins and Misfits were like so good for music. Yeah, they were, weren't they? Like so especially good. Skins. Like yeah. Oh, I used to love Crystal Castles. Like Crystal Castles, Crystal Castles yeah. and Foles were two bands that would never have been anywhere near as popular as if it wasn't for Literally, Skins. Literally, it it made like it made people, didn't it? Because yeah. when we and my friend were looking at um, the previous sounds, or, you know, the BBCC sounds on. Yeah. And we were looking at them, and like Foles was on it. Yeah, and, yeah. Like, Rascal that's, was on that's it. That's really interesting. That looking back at those. They're uh, really, really interesting, and and then some of them you like never heard of them. Yeah, again. literally, I'm like, who are you? That is absolutely mental. Like block parties on a few. Yeah, yeah. Like it's, um, um, I'm gonna look back through. Them it's really it's like... cool, but it shows as well how you know bands that are tipped really do. You know, because a lot not. of these bands, yeah, because a lot of the bands on them, like Falls, they didn't win, mm. but <laughs> massive. So number one huge. last year was Ray BLK. Yeah, I know. Yeah. But then Rag and Bone Man's number two, so... I know, yeah, I did, I did uh, notice that. Rag and Bone Man. Back. Cabbage. It's made a face of cabbage. Every time I read the, the name cabbage now... Does it make you think of actual cabbage, is that No, right? of the, the shit they got embroiled in the last year. They got, they got... There's big controversy about cabbage. But, Ooh. Yeah, Ooh. Um, <laughs> Ooh, goss! So moving from... So what, what, what made you move from Nottingham to... Um, well, I went to uni here when I was 16. I knew I wanted to be on the radio. I was like, I want to be a radio presenter because I used to listen to a lot of six music mm. and a lot of radio too. Um, I, Terry Wogan was literally one of my favorite humans in the world and Terry. incredible broadcaster and, you know, listen uh, to yeah. people like that. I, I love Terry Wogan. It, I know. And I, I loved, I love, obviously this to radio one as well. And the DJs on there and because mm. Fern Cotton is obviously a big influence of mine but I just love people like Lauren Laverne and Steve Lamack and Sarah Cox and you know uh, Joe Wiley um, I love these women as well that were just like blonde and smashing it I loved it and I was like I want to be like them you too young for Zoe Ball? no I know Zoe Ball okay yeah I know Sorry. these <laughs> um, but yeah I think uh, what was what was the question? Oh, it. why did you come to Cardiff? Why did I come to Cardiff? Yeah, so I kind of wanted to be, anyone wanted to be a radio kind of presenter. Um, and I looked around for a, speci- a specific course that mm. um, not a lot of unis did. It was called Performance and Media. There was only, at the time, two unis in the UK that did it. And that was the Atrium in Cardiff mm. and um, one uni in Bedford. Luton campus and uh, wow, <laughs> precisely I yeah, do yeah. I remember going and I loved the Luton one as well I really did um and yeah you had to do like a little piece of acting to get in and uh, I did mm. um <laughs> and yeah so I chose Cardiff because when I came here I really liked the course and I really liked the city 
Mm-hmm. I thought the city was really cool. And so my first time to Wales as well was Cardiff. Wow. So I'd literally come down for the open day and I loved it. And I was like, oh, I love this city. This is awesome. Like, and I remember the bus took us round Cardiff. There was a special bus on the open <laughs> day. And I was just there looking around Cardiff. That's like, this so place is really weird. cool. That, isn't it? Like, that concept of like seeing Cardiff for the first time. Because I lived here yeah. all my life. Yeah. So like, Cardiff is just. It's just normal, normal for you, isn't it? Yeah. Like, there's no, there's nothing new about Cardiff to me, even though, like, you know, I love Cardiff. Of course, like, yeah. It's, um, it's a great, a great place, and I think, yeah, and you know, I just fell in love with it, and you know, I was like, oh, this is this is where I'm going to study, and um, yeah, so I just moved here and did a degree, um, and while I was doing that degree, did as much as I can everywhere else. Yeah. Um, so in Nottingham, had you tried to start doing anything kind of? No, I hadn't really. I kind of, Unique Lullaby was in its infancy. I knew I wanted to do a blog, mm. not knowing what it was called. It was it was an idea that I had. And I had it for a couple of years, really, kind of following, you know, music in Nottingham and things like that. And I just, I wanted to, I don't know, I think because back then I just didn't know where to start. I was so blind to the industry. I was mm. just like, oh, I don't know what to do. And um so I thought, oh, I'm going to go to uni and try something there. And it was while I was at uni that I realised that, you know, the way to achieve stuff is to go out and get it yourself. But I learned that very early on. I learned that within the first oh, couple of months yeah. of uni when I was 18. And I was like, you know, yeah, this is what I want to do. That's, and that's that's totally the right attitude to have because, like, you know, going to uni isn't enough. It's it's not. It's not even... I, I have not told anybody f- from any job that I've done in this industry <laughs> that I've got a degree. Yeah. You don't not need anyone. to, do you? Like... It's about experience. You need to know your craft. And that's... So for me, while I was at uni, I was going up to London to do work experience at Kerrang and Absolute Radio. I did a couple of weeks there. I used to go to Radio Cardiff, which I've got obviously got mm. a show on now. And uh, I used to go there at six in the morning and read the news before uni, like for about a month. Oh my God. And then um, I spoke to the one of the programme controllers at the time and I said, oh... Um, I do student radio because I did my student radio station as well. And he was like, oh, great, okay. Um, and they gave me a slot one time and like an hour slot or something. And then progressively then I moved up and I didn't read the news anymore. And then for like the whole time I was there, I had a show on there, had a student radio show. You know, I did some experience at BBC Wales as well. Um, and from there, it just kind of like, I just got the bug for doing my own thing. And then Unique Lullaby started to happen and... I started to just like progress that and I just knew what I wanted to do and uni did fall a bit of the wayside if I'm honest like I was like you know I need to go out and do all this stuff but I loved it I loved I think when you really find your passion and you like you get into a mindset of like right I'm my own boss now I am my own motivator I'm gonna go and get this Mm. so you know and it's the best thing I ever did and moving to Cardiff was the best thing I ever did because if I didn't go to uni I might not be doing what I'm doing now because I might not have known where to start with it. Yeah, I guess it's interesting uh, talking to you from someone who moved from England to Wales. I Mm. think, I was talking about this the other night, actually. I think there's a lot more opportunity in Wales. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think people kind of look at it as like, oh, Wales is really small. So, like, we're not going to get anything done. Yeah. But in fact, like, that means the opposite thing. Because it's so small, there's like, there's not as much competition. Yeah. 
Yeah. And if you stand out, you do really stand out. Yeah. Whereas, like, um, if you like, if you're working in London, it's so. Oh gosh, yeah. Can you imagine like trying to be a, a band trying to make it in London now? Oh my gosh, like it's just such a competitive world, and it's just so big. It's just huge. You just, there's no way you can break through that kind of thing, and and there's just so many financial issues with it as well, isn't there? Yeah, exactly. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Whereas, like Cardiff's a bit cheaper, isn't it? And like yeah. the thing, so that's the thing about like living in Cardiff and living in Wales is that your your opportunities can come so much quicker because there's you know if you if you go for them oh yeah definitely if you really stick your neck out and you know get involved because every I, I find like everyone in wales is really helpful and like the industry they do want to help people and they will lift you up and you'll lift them up and i like that a lot about cardiff and um, i mean my goal is to go to london and take my career there and that is my ultimate goal but you know i'm so glad that I stayed in Cardiff and I'm building it up here because it's just a really nice place to build it up and to have people around you that, you know, make you feel like what you're doing is relevant and mm. like people are connecting with what you're doing is like amazing. And to be honest, I never imagined that like, even like I'm such a small fry in this world <laughs> right now. I <laughs> really thing, am. Like that's, yeah, if you're in Cardiff and you're a small fry, you're a slightly bigger fry than you would be. Yeah, in, this in is what yeah. I mean. And I, you know, I'm still such a small fry and I want to get stuff done, but you know, I'm a lot further on than I would be if I'd have gone back to Nottingham or mm. something like that. So, mm. yeah, I'm really grateful of Cardiff and, you know, everyone letting me come here and do yeah, my thing. Like, hey, I'm not Welsh, but let me do some yeah, stuff. Yeah, <laughs> I can do things, I swear. Uh, the, one, one of the things that I, I want to start asking people now uh, is where does stuff come from? Like, So where did the name Unique Lullaby come from? Because you met, This is funny because you mentioned it earlier and I, I never did. thought about it because you kind of just take stuff at face value a lot of the time and you go yeah that's called that that's fine and yeah. like and like it's vaguely music sounding so that's fine but um yeah <laughs> so did that where did that come from um so basically i i had two words in my head it's, it's so simple and i wish it was more cool than this oh, that's fine. i had two words in my head and um i wanted my blog to say something so i wanted it to say personal as yeah. in it's like you know a personal thing um and music basically so i wanted to link those words together and personal music can you imagine that a person per- personal music personal music blog yeah a personal music blog with all that all that business um sorry if someone's blog is called that it's it's great <laughs> and uh, <laughs> i'm Shout sure Lyle, no. <laughs> thesaurus so i went on the thesaurus and i typed in personal and i picked a word and i was yeah. like unique i was like perfect yeah and then i was like okay music right okay so I wanted, I had some ideas for my blog in the future. I had like some things. So I picked lullaby because I actually always had it in my head to do lullaby sessions. And I always had that. And I liked the kind of play on a lullaby being like you get to, you know, something like you get play to when you go to sleep and stuff. So I thought, you know, a live session that can kind of work in the same realm. So, you know, when I put it together... And I was like, this is horrendous. Unique lullaby. Like, what <laughs> is that? That is horrendous. But I was like, you know, no, it's what I was going for. So I'm going to stick with it. Yeah. And you forget about it now. And now I look back on that. I'm like, okay, it's just become a thing. And when I first heard someone say unique lullaby, like, wasn't me. I was like, oh, that's so weird. That's so weird. That's my brand. Mm. And, you know, and then I got a logo for it. And, you know, and it started to become a business. And a brand and it really lifted it and then now I look at it and I'm like yeah it's just it is what it is now yeah it's, it's funny when you come up with a name and you're kind of like oh this is a bit strange and then yeah. it just becomes a thing after yeah a while. it's like a band name in a way because yeah. all band names are pretty bizarre aren't they and 
Well, that's you know? that's why I want to ask that question because I I think that question of why is your band called that yeah is now become such a cliche question that nobody asks it anymore. No. So I think it's quite interesting to ask a question about why your band is called that. Yeah, I think there's some reasons for things to be called a certain way, and I think like I remember interviewing a band called Anna's Okay, and they're they're a band from I don't want to get it wrong, but I think Germany. Um, they supported Fearless Vampire Killers when I mm. interviewed them a couple of years ago. And uh, I had to ask, I don't normally ask the question, but I had to ask if it was to do with the Michael Jackson song. Yeah. <laughs> I had that to. That was my first thought. That was my <laughs> and, first thought. Like, you know, Annie, is it, Annie, are you okay? And they said, yes, it was. Oh. Uh, so, you know, that's the first time I've kind of asked that question. But, you know, I had to know. And if it wasn't, I was going to be a bit confused. I was like, did you know? Michael Jackson wrote a song. Yeah, pretty famous <laughs> and, uh, song. Yeah, it's a pretty, pretty big one. And uh, yeah, so... That's fair. Yeah. Well, yeah. then you ask the question, you get the answer. And then you do, yeah. but you know, there's some, some things you can't avoid. Mm. Gotta know these things. So I'm going to ask my last two questions now, if that's cool. Fire Unless you've away. got anything else to talk I mean, you, you said that I was going to ask you about your future, but you've already kind of hinted at that, kind of the fact you want to, you know, get out of Wales. And not that you don't love Wales, because you've already said Wales. that as well. Yeah. But it's like, I think... Um, you can you can be complacent and like stay in Cardiff and stuff, and I I'm totally f- I'm fine with doing that. Yeah. Because I I like where I am at, and I don't feel like I want to get any bigger. I mean, I do, but I like I'd like to get bigger in Cardiff and Cardiff, yeah. And I don't really feel like I'm gravitating towards London or somewhere else. Like you know, maybe I'd like to live in New York. Yes, and we're very fancy. Yeah, but it's like you know the reality of that is very slim, and it's kind of. um, But the idea of going to London, especially because um, you know TV can kind of move about, and there is the option to do TV. But I think your is your main goal radio. Do you know what it 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 is? And but I think doing TV stuff, I've I've loved it, and it's something that has come quite new to me over the past couple of years because I've started to teach myself how to be in front of a camera and mm. learn the kind of aspects like that's through like vlogging as well I've done comedy vlogs in the past as well I, I linked it by saying unique first world problems and uh. Uh, so it's the unique in there and yeah it was just something very very different and um yeah so <laughs> they're on there as well and uh I mean, yeah there's a, there's a market for that I yeah mean, there's you know I think it's it was for me it was just like practicing in front of a camera mm. and because I come from a drama background and you know vlogging is great for that kind of stuff and if you want to be a presenter or you want to be a personality on the telly or even the radio mm. you have to do it like you have so, to teach yourself so many of these like new new wave of uh, like presenters and stuff like you know I, I I mean I'm sure there's more than just the ones I'm thinking of but like do you know Dan and Phil yes yeah, yeah. so they obviously started off with doing shit in their bedrooms yeah. and then they they work for Radio 1 now. Yeah, and it's like, it. Okay, cool. Like, yeah. But that's, that's you know, that's an avenue of how you can get into that. And it's like, there was a little bit of that, like, well, Radio 1 needs more listeners, so they just get down and fill on because they're massively successful. Yeah. But, like, it's also, you know, they obviously have some, some yeah, skill they've, they've in how to They've got personality. Yeah. And, yeah. like, to bring that... I think that's the hardest thing with radio is personality because you've got to bring that down the mic. Like, on telly, you can do that. But, yeah, you know. th- the the thing about radio personalities though is some are so graying, and it's like ah, oh, like I listened to Radio One uh, on Tuesday. And I was like, oh my god, I really don't like this person. Oh like, no, <laughs> I'm, like, I'm not gonna. I just like, oh my god, like they're just talking about the most mundane shit ever. <laughs> Connect is it's like connecting with people, isn't it? But and... you, yeah, exactly. That's it because you know 
I can feel all high and mighty about going, oh, this is really mundane. But yeah. if it's people, stuff people relate to, then it's actually yeah, kind of yeah it's mad. Isn't it? Like it's kind of like music in a way, like a voice, isn't it? Like some people really connect with a voice, and mm. some people just will switch off. And it's yeah, bizarre. That's what I talk about with like really successful musicians that people don't understand. Like people who are really, really into music and are musicians and stuff will not understand why people like Ed Sheeran yeah. or Coldplay or the killers or yeah. you know, people are going well I like those but, but like yeah. because they're so accessible yeah. and people and so many people like them like that's the reason they're successful it's not because they're necessarily the deepest artist in the world yeah. it's because more people can connect to them and that's why they're so, so popular and so successful yeah. you don't have to be completely hugely uh, original yeah. or uh, inspirational to be successful no you just need to have something about you that connects with people really and just you know I mean like I've got a lot of ideas that I want to go and do and I, I've, I've always generating stuff and I've, I'm sitting on stuff that I need the right ears to listen to <laughs> and um, I don't want to you know um, like pitch things to people and people steal stuff you know because mm. people can steal your ideas yeah. and things and I've got some ideas of things that I'm hoping that this year might be able to be achieved through stuff that I'm that's why I sat on this podcast for so long because I knew as soon as I started it that people other people would be interested in doing it because they're like oh yeah let's do that so that's why I did like a bunch of episodes in advance and I was like oh it's one of the reasons anyway and and yeah and like uh, quite a few people come up to me afterwards go oh I really wanted to do that yeah 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 yeah. Yeah, well I've done it it's mine go away (laughs) but when I was looking at other podcasts that like were out my idea for this came a lot a lot a long time before i actually started it um but i knew of you doing podcasts and i knew of uh, minty doing podcasts yeah and um i was like oh, okay well they're different yeah but um i li- quite like the idea that your podcast because like you're just like this is music i like yeah Listen this is it. just like this is what i like if you don't like me go away no, I'm yeah joking. it's like that's, <laughs> I'm joking. that's so cool and it's like yeah. you don't and because you are doing so many different things and you're covering so much stuff and you work on Radio Cardiff where you're playing kind of stuff that I know you talked about it before where you're playing the kind of stuff that people are expecting to hear. Yeah. And then you'll throw in the occasional thing yeah. that you kind of go, hey, listen to this. Yeah, guidelines um, and all that. <laughs> yeah. And so like you get, so the fact that you, you do all that that's kind of like playing to a crowd and then you do a podcast that is kind of quite personal. Yeah. It's quite cool. Definitely. Quite like yeah, that. definitely. I like to do that. And I like to, I get, yeah, and I liked it because some, some of the music I get sent doesn't surface because, you know, it becomes a little bit irrelevant. I really wanted to play it on my show and I couldn't. Mm. Um, so, yes, yeah, the podcast, if you ever want to listen. Um, it's called Unique Lullaby Loves. Yeah. And, uh, I was going to plug it anyway. You know I was going to plug it anyway. Uh, <laughs> it's on the Mixcloud and iTunes and all that. But, yeah, so it's just basically like I pick 10 tracks of stuff because it means like, because there's so much stuff that I, you know, that I get excited about and music. and Yeah, and I, I love sharing, like, I love sharing music because it's such a kind of thing that i remember ages ago where bbc really started pushing new music yeah and people go oh it's all new music all the time who's who's gonna come up with the newest band but it's like it's not even like that it's because you want these bands to get heard yeah and it's like it's not like i'm gonna turn around and forget the band i was into last month is it it's like you want to you want to get new music out there because it's exciting definitely and it's fresh. yeah definitely and definitely appeals, yeah. and i want people to hear about it and if i get excited i hope other people get excited yeah. and i think that's what's um that's why i love like you know what hugh stevens does and mm. like you know new music dj and steve lamack and stuff like that that's why i like what he does and you know those djs and, do and, yeah and then to a small extent like Bethlehem and adam yeah in, in, exactly yeah, like you Wales. know it's all about 
getting like new music out there and it's nice that there's people with the power to yeah. you know, push it to a, and a if, big audience. It's that's that's how I feel. And if I can get music in front of someone who hasn't heard it before, yeah. like at least one person, like yeah. I've done my job. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like literally it's just like the best thing, you know. Just listen to what I like. <laughs> so like a very smooth radio presenter myself, that yeah. segues into, hey Louise, <laughs> what have you been listening to recently that you've been enjoying? Ooh. <laughs> um, the Orioles are one that I picked up uh, late last year and love them. A really cool band from Manchester. Um, uh, really young band as well. Um, a band called Shame, which I've gone on about so much recently, um, but they are just like amazing. Live, just on rap. The album is just so good, and I've been waiting for it to come out. Um, I had a chat with them at Green Man last year, and they were really nice guys. And what I love about bands like that is when they're off stage, mm. when they're really humble and really nice and really fun, and you know they're really nice boys to like have a laugh with. And then they get on stage, and the front man Charlie is just like in the zone. It yeah. is amazing, and you're just watching him, and he's got so much passion. And uh, I think that's just really exciting. Yeah, you're right. And, oh God, I love that. Like, being friends with, uh, like, bands now and seeing them perform and getting really into it and going, oh, God, I was having a conversation with you half now and you were just really chill. Yeah. Like, how do you do that? Like, I mean, but, yeah, you're right. They get into into a zone. They lock into a zone and they get kind of really into it. And it's just so amazing to watch that. It's what music's all about, isn't it? Yeah. Like, really enjoying what you're saying. You know, and... and to a certain extent, like you doing those interviews and you kind of talking to those bands kind of unlocks the mystery behind that a little bit, which is quite cool. Yeah, definitely. You see a different side mm. and then you, yeah, it's completely, that's what I think. Like, I think, I think that's what's nice. I like to break down barriers. Mm. I don't like there to be barriers. As amazing as these artists are, you don't have to necessarily put them all on pedestals. Do you? No, yeah. this is it. Like they just, you know, do what they love to do. And that's like, exactly what, you know, if you, if you love what you do and you're going to be happy mm. about it and, and then finally, a question I kind of told you about earlier, yeah. which you have had time to think about, so I expect a good yeah. answer. Uh-uh. Uh, <laughs> which you don't, you don't worry. No, no, don't, no. I don't uh, Is either what's your favourite record of all time or what's kind of had the biggest impact on you? And I've got another question yeah. as well. No, I'm joking. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so... Let's that one first. Um, I think I'm going to say The Freewheeling Bob Dylan because it was... 
No, actually. No, I'm going to change that. I'm going to say the first vinyl that I ever spun because I remember how it made me feel. And uh, when I was <laughs> when I was younger, um, my dad brought down the vinyls from the loft. My mum's and my dad's vinyls all in one mush. And um, when I was like 14, um, I loved Blondie and I loved mm. um, Beatles and I loved Fleetwood Mac and I loved Simon and Garfunkel. My dad had all these vinyls of those bands, like originals. And um, I remember I took them up and I stuck them on my wall. I didn't have a vinyl player at that time. And the vinyls were still in them. And I remember my dad walking into my room <laughs> and he was just, he just went white. He was just like, you've put the vinyls on the wall in the case with the vinyl inside. So if they fell off, then yeah. bye-bye vinyl. Yeah. Like they were really thin. Like these are proper like old, like 60s, yeah. 70s vinyls. And I remember like that, that was not happy. But then... Um, I was like so desperate for a vinyl player for years and I was my parents had one but they wouldn't replace the needle and I begged them to replace oh this God. needle cuz I, so I really frustrating if it's there, so annoying literally I remember like I got a vinyl player for my 18th birthday it was like the one present I wanted and the one vinyl I really wanted to spin was Parallel Lines by Blondie Like it was just my favorite thing in the world to spin and to listen to. Um, I just loved what Debbie Harry is about and was about, and you know, I loved her fashion sense growing up. Mm. I loved how it was all like so like double denim and you know stripy <laughs> and angsty, and you know she just wear jeans and she just looked awesome all the time. And I remember spinning that vinyl, and that for me was just like the best thing in the world to hear that on the vinyl. That I just was so desperate to spin it. It was just like that for me was like a standout moment, really. Just when I was like, "Yes, this cool. is this is the one." And the other question I was going to ask you is what what was your inspiration to do what you're doing now? What was, do you think your biggest thing was? Oh, um, I don't. Do you know what? I don't know. I think I just I used to love watching um, T4 and all those programs mm. like that and um, Sunday brunch. I used to love them and MTV, everything about it. I used to love the music videos and they used to, you know, they used to kind of do like the interviews on the thing and they used to do like a live show and um, I used to love that and I used to think I would love to be doing like like Jamil Jamil and all them and they were kind of like, you know, on the sofa and they were doing the interviews and I loved those kind of shows and like looking at those presenters and I thought, I wonder if I could do that one day, you know, I... I think I would love to do that. And I loved E4 and everything when that all came mm. about and things. And I just really wanted to do that, but I didn't know where to start. And I think watching those shows were the first time that I wanted to be a presenter. And, you know, and then radio came about. And I, you know, I used to love the fact that 
I could turn on my TV and it was all digital and I could listen to Radio 1 on my TV or Smash Hits or something really <laughs> embarrassing. And <laughs> Smash Hits Radio. And uh, yeah, so I think like watching those shows growing up, I really wanted to do it. And it's a shame that those shows aren't around anymore. They were, they were, they were so good. <laughs> yeah, yeah like, you're right. They, I mean, shows. you know, not that I watch TV anymore, but no. like, when, you're right, like, I don't think they up, do exist anymore. Not yeah. like a, it's like, it was just a special type of show, wasn't yeah. it? And it was on Channel 4 and it was just, I'd watch it every, every, every like Sunday morning. I'd get up and watch Sunday brunch and... Yeah. yeah. Things like that it was like um, live and kicking for me. Yeah, just watching. Yeah, it's just the, there's a certain way that it's presented and, you know, the way it's conducted. And it was just everybody just loved it. It was just the thing to watch. I think, um, yeah, that was that's cool. the that's thing that made good. me think. It's a good way to end. Yes. Thanks Thanks for coming around to my flat after work. Even no though. worries. It's yeah. okay. I'm going to get some food enjoyed. on the way home. Yeah, yeah. I love cool. my life. <laughs> All right. Thank you very much. Amazing. Thank thanks. you. I hope that was okay. Yeah, it's great. Thanks, Thank you. So thanks again to Louise for coming and interviewing with me. That was a pretty cool insight into how that side of the industry works and how you kind of get there. It was interesting to hear her talk about who she responds to musically and like what what she responds to musically and like the process and choosing what to cover either as a reviewer or a journalist or an interviewer. I think it's kind of like a how-to for people who want to approach music journalists like that. So that was interesting. And yeah, I kind of, I hope that was worth listening to. I'm sure it was. So moving on from the, this week's podcast, next week I'm going to be interviewing Kizzy Crawford that was a really kind of really cool interview I did um, up at her mum's house in Abavan a couple of weeks ago. Kizzy's always been on my list for someone I wanted to interview since I started this podcast. I've worked with Kizzy a while ago and she's one of the most interesting musicians, I think, in South Wales currently. And I don't think she gets enough credit for it. And yeah, hopefully that'll change this year. It was a really interesting talk and she also did um, a live session recording for me so you can check that out next week on the 21st of February. More on this week, I guess. If you're listening to this on Wednesday, happy Valentine's Day. Said that through gritty teeth. Um, yeah, just let's just move on quickly from that. Also, if my dad's listening, because I kind of told him I did a podcast last week uh, accidentally. So if he's listening... Hi, Dad. Um, sorry about swearing. <laughs> if you're interested in the Cardiff Music Awards, uh, that is a thing that is happening. Uh, voting opens tomorrow, so I'm going to be spending the rest of today sorting that out. That's going to be fun. Uh, uh, it's interesting. I was kind of thinking about how it's ironic that I'm spending my Valentine's Day doing something in solitary confinement almost. Um, but it's because I love my city. Hmm. Yeah, that's that's a perfect way to end this podcast. Uh, thanks for listening. I'll see you next week. Bye.